Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 230. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a great week. I am having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Please help me welcome Leonard Shiner. Leonard Shiner has been helping law firms, attorneys, and professional service business owners for the past decade with a focus on developing their brands, marketing for new clients, and predictably growing the revenues and online authority. Leonard's clients have earned over millions of dollars worth of new business as a result of Leonard's frameworks and tactics. Today, Leonard is the CEO of Geek House, a law firm marketing, branding, and public relations agency based in Los Angeles. Leonard, welcome to the program. Thank you, Harlan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Geek House. How did you come up with that name? How did you settle on that? Well, I did not want to have a company with my last name in it. I think lots of people would would have named it Shiner Marketing or Shiner Attorney Marketing or something of that sort. And I think maybe it's from from my past. I'm I'm a a little bit biased. I think law firms should definitely have the names of people in them, um, you know, much like doctor practices do. But for my marketing agency, um, I was really focused on who we're serving, and I thought, okay, well, it's not about me. It's about who we're serving. And so Geek House really starts to tell the story about how we approach working with our clients. So we're geeks at the core, right? We're professionals on the outside, but we like to get nerdy and geeky and get into the details. And house is really an illustration of the different um, offerings, the different ways that we serve our clients. So, so often uh, professionals will have to create their own creative team. They'll have a social media person here. They'll have a video person here. They'll have a content person here. Oh yeah. And then we need advertising. Oh yeah. We need radio. And we, and then by the time you know it, you've got everyone, their mother and their brother sitting around the conference table trying to make a decision. Right. That's well and good when you have the time to handle all of that. But for most of our clients, they're busy people. They're running great organizations. And so to be able to alleviate some of that, we've got a full house of geeks that uh, we deploy and implement for our clients to solve every single one of their creative needs. Nice. And so, and you're all pulling together rather than all these different voices coming from different directions, different ideas and stuff. That makes a lot Absolutely. of sense. Very cool. Yep. It's a one-stop shop for professionals to be able to get everything that they need with someone else kind of wrangling the rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to definitely get into the details about how you do all that. Um, The people you work for, how you work with them and and help them. 
But before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Now, listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I always figured if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Leonard, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you. Let's do it. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Favorite word, gratitude. Nice. What is your least favorite word? Mm, I think the word abbreviation should be shorter. (laughs) Pet peeve. (laughs) Love it. All right. What turns you on? Um, a really yummy bowl of pasta. What turns you off? Um, walking some of the streets in Los Angeles where you're stepping over things that have come out of humans that should be in a bathroom. Yes. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Mm, I love jazz music. My, my Nana uh, was a really great uh, curator of jazz music. And so I spent a lot of time with her and now I've got a great appreciation for some jazz. Excellent. What sound or noise do you hate? Mm. So the car alarms that vary, you know, you've got the wonk, 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 honk, honk, honk. It drives me nuts. And they go on for hours. Yep. Yeah. All right. Question seven, what is your favorite curse word? Um, it rhymes with duck. Perfect. That seems to be the most <laughs> popular one. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? What profession other than my own would I like to attempt? So if I could stomach it, I think that I would love being a doctor. I I absolutely cannot... Uh, uh, have the stomach to handle any other things that they handle. But I think the idea of uh, learning a science-based skill and then being able to help people with that for the rest of your life, because it doesn't change, uh, you know, I guess medical technology would change, but you actually get to use that gift. You get to create a gift of yourself and, and share that and help others. So yeah, if I wasn't doing PR marketing and branding, I would be probably serving in the medical community. Doctor. Excellent. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Ooh, I think I'll give the same answer for the same reasons. I I would not want to be a doctor because I would probably be uh, on the floor passed out. (laughs) All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That is quite a large question. I think anything he said would be impactful. So I would be open-eared. Very cool. All right, we're going to take a short break right now. We're going to come back, talk about how you got your start, who you work with and how you help them, um, some of the things you're involved in right now, and then at some point transition into courage and leadership. Okay, great. So listeners, we'll be talking about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? 
Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Leonard Shiner. Leonard, thanks again for taking time to uh, chat with us today. So tell me about how you got started. You have a degree in communication. You, uh, Why communication? Why did you select that as your degree? Uh, well, to be completely authentic, I chose communication because I didn't know what I wanted to go into. And I knew that at the basis of every profession is communication, Absolutely. right? Whether it's in relationships uh, personally or professionally, and whether you're in a relationship with your boss or with your, your, you know, your downline, like whatever that looks like being able to communicate is key and and land that communication, right? Because we all know the people that talk a lot, but they don't say much. Yes. Not really my style. So um, communication was my first a degree. And then, um, then I went to business school and got my MBA and focused in marketing. So I knew that getting a college degree was great and something I wanted to do, but I, I had the urge to take it further because I felt that at a certain level, you your your education starts to not be about the, the technical items of like, what makes a good business letter, right? Because we can find templates for that online till the sure. cows come home. But really what it's about is learning how to handle certain situations. And at a university level, it's, it's, it's really just, you know, drinking from a water hose and it's not the specific level of, of detail for, for a profession that I was looking for. So that's why I opted to go, opted to go to business school and, and really further, um, my knowledge base. Nice. Yeah. The MBA in marketing, definitely. And uh, communication, you're right. All leadership is communication, right? If you're not a good communicator, you can't be a good effective leader. So went to get on that totally. And then um, Harvard Business School, you took a mm -hmm. course in quantitative methods, business decision sciences. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Tell me a little <laughs> bit about that. How's that help you as you're working with the professional services companies? Yeah. So today it, it's kind of a, a blessing that all marketing, let me, let me say most marketing can be tracked. So in the old days, you would, you know, put an ad in the newspaper, you would have a bus ad or something like that. And it was a little bit difficult to track your attributions, right? What new clients came from the bus ad versus the sign at the library versus the sign at the mall. So when we're doing marketing now for clients in the um, in the online space, we can track everything. I can see how many clicks, I can see how many people gave their information, how many people booked, how many people you know actually signed up and made it through the few steps that we have in the sales process. And so... I knew that having some education or skill within statistics was going to be imperative for me to be able to tell the story of the data to my clients. So it was an amazing experience where, you know, I learned software like Tableau and, and ways to calculate things in Excel that I would have never even dreamed of. And so this is what I'm talking about. It's that next level. It, it's not, you know, create a spreadsheet and have three columns. It's like, right. no, 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 no. Like how do those three columns talk to each other? And more mm -hmm. importantly, what is the point? Like, what is the point of all this data, right? So 
Um, the statistics coursework was great in really sharing about how you can storytell with data and visuals and take this really complex, very big, very long spreadsheet and make it understandable. Exactly. Yeah. Taking all that data and slicing and dicing it to get the information you really need, right? What is it telling you? Anybody mm -hmm. can look at those numbers, but what is it really saying? What does it really mean? So you're probably one of these people who actually understands the algorithms uh, in the online world, right? How to, how to get things to, because that's one thing uh, I create videos. You're always trying, trying to track how long people watch the videos. Are they dumping mm -hmm. out in the first 10 seconds? Are they staying 30, 40 seconds or more? So, yeah. Pretty yeah. Cool. For our clients, we, when we have videos, uh, some of the times we'll produce online events for them, whether that be a series or a, or a one-time training. Um, and some of the methods that we use allow us to see when people drop off. They, we can see watch time. We can see 60% of people watch it to minute four or five, or we can see that data. And that's great because I like to be creative. That's, that's fun, but I also need to justify that with data. So when we're looking at things, if everyone's popping off at halfway through the video, okay, why, right? Like, what do we need? What do we need to rearrange? What do we need to insert? What do we need to take out? So again, it really gives us a data-based approach for being able to make creative decisions. Very cool. And your background, you work for a lot of great companies as director of marketing and operations. How or, or when did you decide to, to focus on law firms and professional service organizations? So, you know, Harlan, it's funny because uh, I actually fell into it. Um, when I was uh, very, very green in my college days, I took an internship and it was at a law firm and it was kind of like an overnight thing over a week thing. I fell in love and I loved how, whether you were getting in a relationship like a marriage or you were having issues with your finances, like asset protection or bankruptcy, like no matter what you were doing in life, there are laws that dictate that and, and guide it. And so I loved that this messy thing that we call life actually has some written rules and some written structure. And so that was the the initial um, attraction to it. And then more so it became that I really saw the need for good attorneys to get good branding and get good marketing and to get out there in the community. Because if no one knows about you, how can they hire you? So from being an intern and, and kind of doing marketing intern type stuff, I realized that the best attorneys out there are not the ones that are marketing. Hmm. The ones that are marketing are very loud and they get lots of leads and people come to them. And some of the time they have less than a stellar experience because it's such a big practice. And so I knew that for myself to be, you know, what do I want to do every day? How do I want to live my life? I knew that I wanted to impact positively the most amount of people possible. So, okay, I could be doing, you know, if I was a doctor, that would be great. I could just impact those people directly. But with my skills, I almost need an intermediary. So I approach this as I help attorneys and specialty doctors, real estate agents, right? Professional services, primarily law firms. So I help the professional help their clients. So I actually get to sit at this wonderful center of, of like the support web 
right? It's very subtle and in the background and, and no one really knows how everything is connected. But um, I know that I serve my roster of clients and and that's empowering to them to be able to serve the clients that they want to serve. Nice. Very cool. And I think people have this idea that lawyers, doctors, dentists, all the professionals and stuff like that can just put a sign out and people flock to them. They line up at the door, pounding to get in. But it's not true. Like you said, they're a business just like anybody else. You have to get the word out, who you are, what you do, how you serve. And then you yeah. have to, to market to try to attract those those clients. So yeah. true. And and within the different practice areas or specialties, right? Like a, it, it's more difficult to build a plastic surgery practice than it is to build a general family practice because plastic surgery, the client is paying. specialized. Right. Well, it's like, how is the money flowing? Right. So if you've got a doctor, like maybe I want a tummy tuck. Okay. Well, that money is not insurance money. It's going to come out of my pocket. Hmm. Right. So if it's insurance, it's easier to build that because they don't have to pay. Okay. Same thing like in legal. If we're talking about personal injury, it's easier to get new clients for personal injury because they don't have to pay. They just sign up and they're on retainer versus like a divorce or a bankruptcy, something like that. There's going to be a longer time to build that practice to a steady, consistent flow because there's more hoops or like hurdles for them to jump through. So part of my job, you know, like think about running track in 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 high school, right? I didn't run track, but there were those things that you had to jump over. Right. So part of my job is looking at my client's business or really the, the, the business development, the sales, the marketing pipeline, the client new client pipeline and saying, okay, there's a hurdle there. There's a hurdle there. There's a hurdle there. How do we take two of those three out? And, and that shortens the acquisition timeline. It also makes it easier. So they get more clients as well. Nice. Well, and I, I think, lawyers especially have kind of a, a bad name, right? Because you see the big billboards on the side of the freeway, you know, the guy pointing at you is like, I'll get you money. I'll get you millions or something. You're, you're fighting that negative stereotype. So trying to get a positive spin out there and get, you know, the information out that you want for your clients, you're, you're fighting some of those stereotypes. Uh, to some degree. I have taken notice, though, that most of the people who have those negative opinions of attorneys have negative opinions about a lot of people. Oh, a lot of things. That's true. That is and true. and if you're actually looking for a an attorney to help you, like if you've been hit in a car accident or a workers' comp issue, or you've been wrongfully terminated, or you know, I'm mentioning the consumer practice areas, but a divorce attorney or any of those, right? If you're looking for someone to help you with X. It's actually generous for them to put out advertising because then you see it, then you can get connected and you can get your problem resolved. So making offers and, and being of service is actually tremendously generous to those that you're serving. And so uh, what are some of the things your clients are struggling with? Um, is it that they don't understand how to market themselves? Is it a mindset type thing or what is it? So I've got, I would probably say it's like two or three buckets of clients. There's the clients who are very do-it-yourself. And for those clients, um, I coach with them. I, I don't take them on as agency clients because then we're doing the work for them. So 
Um, for the ones who can do it themselves and they have some know-how and they have some time, they're scrappy in that way, then great. Then we can uh, work together and I can coach you through the things that you're going to be coming up against, right? Whether that be from within your own head and, and there's some issues there or whether it's actually marketing or branding or tactics. So that there that's a bucket of, of our clients. And then the other is simply the 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 great attorney who doesn't know how to get new business. They're great at what they do, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to get new business. They don't know how to build a website. They don't want to build a website. They don't know how to produce content. They don't want to produce content. So I always say if they knew how, like they had the know-how and they had the time, they would probably just do it themselves. But for most professionals, they don't have the time. So that's where we come in. And then most other professionals don't have that know-how, right? How am I going to produce video for social? How am I going to per, you know, build a website? Well, you can go build it yourself on Squarespace, but why? Yeah. Like, it's not where you want to be, right? So th- that's really where we come in and help our clients grow. Nice. And do you have your own methodology you follow or formula you follow with your, your clients? Yep. So I coach and consult on the BMG method. It's my method, brand, market, grow. And most firms that are doing advertising and they consult with Geek House, they have not done the brand part. They go straight to marketing. I need new clients. Let's do marketing. And that makes total sense. So I'm not faulting that at all because that's a logical thought. But I I explain it as clean up your house before you invite friends and family over, right? Do you do that? I do that. So if you do it, and, and to those who are listening, if you clean up your house before you invite your friends and family over, why would you not clean up your online presence before you spend money with ads to invite new clients over? And those new clients are going to be more critical than your friends and family. They just are. So we start with brand and that handles uh, what you would think, the logo, the colors, but it's deeper in the sense that we're looking at every single point, every touch point that a potential client would have with your company, with your firm, with your practice before they sign and become a client or a patient. So when we're looking at that, it's the phone script. Mm-hmm. It's how it's answered. It's the voicemail. It is um, your email signature. It's it's deeper. It's the phone numbers themselves. I always love it when I see a new firm and they've got some like random phone number up there, and you're like, it's just like hot off the block. Like what what whatever was on top. Like right. to solidify the credibility of your firm in an instant. I want to see a number that's, you know, 310-460-6000 or 66,000 or 6600, right? right? Like I want double zeros at the end because what do big business corporate um, organizations have? They have that. So that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg, but the the branding is much deeper than just, I got a cool logo. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people think that the branding is, like you said, the colors, the logo. You know, how are we going to organize our, our flyers that we put out or whatever it happens to be? What colors are our website going to be? It's so much more than that, right? So much more. Nice. We really go into the psychology of the consumer 
and look at what's going to best impact them to be able to make a decision. So the the branding is is deeper than just your typical identity. Brand identity is part of it, but that's mm-hmm. definitely not the not the whole enchilada. So yeah. you asked about the formula. So that's brand and then market and grow. So market is once we've set up that foundation, now we're starting to test and outflow to different markets. Um, most of my attorneys have a few different practice areas that they're focused in. And so we're looking at, you know, where do we get the best amount of engagement response, you know, also looking at like revenue wise, right? If we can get one client here and it's worth $10,000 of revenue, but I have to get 10 clients here because they're all worth a thousand dollars of revenue. Where do I want to spend my time? I would rather spend an hour of my time putting it here, right? So that's something that we talk about as well. And and I still consider that, that kind of straddles brand and marketing, but these are the things that we're talking about. And often we're, we're looking at, okay, you get, you know, whatever your billable rate is and where can we maximize that? How, how can, what activity can you do that generates the most amount of revenue for your business? And so we we look at that. We have discussions. Maybe we drop a practice area, like insurance. I was going to ask something. I was, yeah, I was going to ask because yeah. I've got, had clients before where. So in my coaching, I do uh, three part: uh, simplify, strategize, systematize. Right? Simplify. Who are you? What do you do? Mm. Who do you do it for? And why? Right? Focus in on what you're good at. People want to be everything to everybody, mm-hmm. and they figure, well, my you know, competition is selling this, I'm going to sell it too. And then this is big on the market, it's shiny new object, I'm going to follow. They they spread themselves so thin that it's almost like one of those diners where you have a 68 page menu. <laughs> they can't do everything great. So they do everything kind of mediocre. It's like, no, focus in. This is where the money is. Let's focus our attention. You can always do this if people ask, but this is where you really want to focus in. That's got to be a tough conversation with, with some of your clients to maybe drop one of those uh, lines. I present it much like you just did, where if we are trying to be everything to everyone, we're going to do everything mediocre and and we don't want to do that. So, um, you know, we're usually looking at like four practice areas, maybe five, but usually about four. Um, and obviously it, it depends on what area of law you're in, but, um, I have had difficult conversations where the attorney is is emotionally attached to a certain practice area and and it's almost like you're ripping away one of their limbs right and and my response to that is you can still do this work there, there's nothing saying that you can't right you can do a bankruptcy case and then a pi case and then a corporate tax case. like if you're an attorney you can do it all usually focus. So when I look at what you're doing and it's unfocused, it would actually be irresponsible of me. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't point that out and say, look, you've got four practice areas. These three make sense. What is this one? You know, (laughs) right. And so I'm looking at it from, if I'm a potential client and I'm looking to hire and I'm looking at this website, am I confused? Because a confused mind will always say no. And they will not sign or buy or retain any of that. So if it's confusing, then we need to make it unconfusing. 
And so when we're when we're dra- when, when we're having that conversation of let's go ahead and drop a practice area, the, we usually land on let's not put it on the website, but instead what we get to do is we can have a campaign that is marketing for that. So that if you want business in that, we can still take that business. But if that's 20% of our business, the other 80% of new clients need to really understand what we're doing and not be confused. These other 20%, maybe it's a it's a personal relationship. Maybe you, you know, oh yeah, it's not, you, you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. When you said um, if people come to your website and it's just cluttered with everything that you could potentially possibly do, right? It is, uh, you're, I heard somebody say your mind, if you have to burn calories, you'll just skip it. You'll just go on mm. to the next thing. It's a little bit mm. easier, right? It's like, why am I having to think through all this and, and try to figure out what I need to do? I've got a, a couple of friends that are, are attorneys, real estate attorneys. When they have everybody and they're signing contracts, they say, almost, would you like fries with that, right? So they're saying, hey, this is a life change. Should we look at your will? You know, we have this. Should we look at a power of attorney? They're subtly bringing those other things in. They don't list everything that they can do. They focus on this is what we specialize in. And so they draw the business. Niching down, I think, is, is a difficult concept for some people. They think, oh, if, if I want to be everything to everybody, if I narrow down too much, I'm not going to have any clients. And it's actually the opposite. If you can really focus in and say, this is what I specialize in, you'll have people coming to you. You're absolutely right. If you're a jack of all trades, no one wants to go to you because they feel like you don't specialize in something specific. Think about it from the consumer standpoint, right? And that's always where I'm looking at it from the client, the consumer, the customer. Am I looking for a solution to all of my problems right now? Mm, No, I might have problem X and Y and A and B, and this might be personal and that might be business and this might be la, 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 la. So I'm not looking for a solution to all of my problems. What I'm looking for is a solution to maybe my two, three biggest pain point problems. And so when we are marketing to the general public or to businesses, if it's a business to business law firm and they're doing something corporate wise, we're very specific in our offer and legal is notorious. The in the, the legal industry is notorious for saying, this is what I do. Here's how I can help you. Let's have a consultation and then hire me. And that makes sense. Again, that's mm-hmm. logical, right? Mm-hmm. I went to school. I went to law school. I have this knowledge. I have this expertise. I'm barred. I can help you. Let's talk about it. You get to know me in one hour and then let's go, right? right? It makes absolutely sense. But the way that we are finding is more efficient to build a relationship with clients at scale is having that online presence that does some of that relationship building for you. And if you are just talking with someone, right, it it might be a, a virtual coffee versus a consultation Or it might be, um, I was actually just discussing this with a client uh, earlier today. And I was like, okay, so you're offering a free consultation after they've heard you speak and they're not moving. Okay, so two things, either something can be changed in the presentation or simply change the offer at the end. Mm -hmm. Instead of having it be a consultation, have it be a virtual coffee. 
Nice. Or have it be a workshop, like a lunch and learn workshop or an open house, somewhere Mm. where if I want to go forward with you, I can, but at my own pace, you need to meet me where I am because you're a lawyer and you're scary. So we got to break that a little bit and and make it not so scary. And the stereotypes that have come in. Um, I did a a webinar uh, a couple of years ago. Who do you think you're talking to? Right? Because a lot of people put up their website and it's all about Here's who I am, how many certifications I have. I've been in business this long. My granddaddy started the business. It's like, none of that stuff matters. From the consumer standpoint, like you said, do you understand my problem and do you have a solution? What's my life going to be like after that solution, right? Mm -hmm. You can hook them if they say, wow, this guy gets it. He's got a clear understanding of of my needs and and how to fix it. I'm going to call. Because you don't need all the other stuff. That'll come in later but focus on what their, what their need is. And yeah, I think you're right. You know, let's, let's just have a, a, co- a cup of coffee and talk about it. Let's talk through it. That's un- unassuming. It's, it's non-threatening. Let's talk. An easier nice. ask or an yeah. easier hurdle to jump. Absolutely. Very cool. Good stuff. So the leaders that you work with, um, what do you look for in a leader? I look for someone who is integrous in how they operate. And I use that word integrous or integrity because you can say, I look for a competent leader. Okay. But they can be confident and be doing all the wrong things. Or you can say, "I, I look for a powerful leader. Well, what does powerful look for? Right? Like you can say a lot of qualities that would be attributable to a a leader, a great leader. But at the basis, having integrity is is the foundation of all leadership. And so if I tell you I'm going to do something, you can count on me to do that. You can count on me to set an expectation, but reverse when I'm looking at that, right? I'm, I'm also looking at this in clients. Right. Because I've, I've got this, this idea that we're all on this boat together. And so if, if it smells like stinky fish, we got to throw it back. Right. Because it's going to smell up the whole boat. So, and I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I've, I've misjudged clients before and I've taken on some stinky fish unknowingly taken on some stinky fish and I'm never surprised by where the relationship goes after we know that they're stinky fish, because it always ends up the same way. Not happy, you know, expectations have been set, but they're not respected. And so when I'm looking for myself being a leader or others like partner wise, or even client wise, I want them to be a leader too, right? Because thinking about what I said earlier, my whole point of why I do this is so I can help others help others. So if I'm working with an attorney and they're not a leader, then I've really kind of killed that one line of my web. And so I'm looking for people who can be integrous, not just with me and in our relationship, but also in their relationships with others as well. Nice. So have you actually had to turn down clients? Um, I have uh, recommended that we're not the best option for them. That's That shows me your integrity, that this is my core value. 
and you don't fit the core value. So we're going to recommend you to somebody else or suggest you go somewhere else. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how many folks do you have working for you? Uh, we are a lean and mean team. So we have people here in the States and then we also have people abroad. Um, so we're, we're kind of a lean team of about five or six people. And um, then we've got some contractors that work with us here and there. And some of them who I don't really consider them on the, the team, but we work with mm -hmm. regularly. And so, you know, after doing this for, gosh, over a decade, over 15 years, you build a good network. And mm -hmm. so I know shoddy work when I see it. And um, it doesn't take me long to kind of work with a contractor. And, and I always have them do something for me first. Um, I always think that that's like the, the funnest thing to do is like, okay, let's do this agency task. And if they do a great job, then, then we, you know, work with them more and, and build that relationship. But yeah, I mean, some contractors I've worked with since 2014, you know, and 2012, right? So it, it shows that the momentum that you build in your business and in relationships really pays off in the end. Absolutely. Very cool. So you got about four or five people you work with now on a regular basis. Um, you've worked with other teams, led other teams in the past at your other jobs. Um, if I was to bump into any of those folks and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? As in my like staff or clients that we yeah. work with? Yeah, your, your staff, the people you used to work for you at the other companies and everything like that. What would they tell me? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I would be interested myself to know what they would say. Um, they would probably say something along the lines of, um, he's great and fun and personable and perky, uh, but really detailed and intelligent and pragmatic. And look, hard conversations are called hard conversations because they're hard to have. But I approach all conversations, including those that are hard, from a sense of empathy, right? If it's hard for me, it's probably even more difficult than the person who doesn't know what we're going to talk about. So whether it's, you know, letting someone go or whether it's hiring someone or whether, you know, it's, um, like in a personal relationship, right? And you just have to honestly communicate, like, this is how I feel, this is how it is. Like, I can't change how I feel, but if you're honest about it and you're empathetic to them, that's, that's really the, the, the crux of a great situation. Absolutely. And you brought up empathetic. That's one of the courage types of courage we talk about on the program. Um, we talk about where do you find the courage to leave the nine to five to create your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome the setbacks, like the divorce, bankruptcy, the failures, the illness? Um, where did you find your courage? to branch out on your own, to create Geek House. Where did you find that courage? Well, I'll tell you, Carlin, I was in my office in Beverly Hills, overlooking the city. I had a window on Wilshire. I was the CMO of an international, very well-respected law firm. And, and, and the culture there was great. Everyone was friendly. I loved it. And I remember looking at, out my window, looking north at the Hollywood sign and thinking on, on paper, I have really checked off all the boxes, 
but I still don't feel like this is where I should be. This doesn't make me happy to to the fullest extent. I was happy, but I wasn't like, woohoo, happy. And so I shortly after that um, made the hop to do my own consultancy. And it wasn't Geek House. Um, I had clients on the side. Um, I've kind of always had some clients on the side. And at that time, I transitioned to a full consultancy for myself. And it was just, you know, the Leonard Shiner show. Mm-hmm. And it, it it taught me actually something in the trenches about branding because no one cared. No one cared about Leonard, right? Like mm-hmm. no one cared to listen. No one cared to pick up a phone or answer an email, like a sales email, because I didn't have a brand. I was a single standalone solo person. And, and I share this because it makes so much of a difference, whether you're a solo therapist or a solo attorney or a solo doctor in practice, you really, or even a realtor, right? We could take any of the professional service Mm -hmm. areas. And if you are just yourself, that's great. And as a doctor, that might work. But if you can create a brand, a professional brand, people care more. The psychology behind that is there's like fear of missing out when it seems like it's bigger than than just yourself, right? And so I mean, now we're years later and we've got a team and, you know, we're, we're built, but in the very beginning, um, just creating the brand and then marketing the brand allowed me to look like a, I had a good foundation, right? Sure. So it's the same thing that I do for the clients. We set up their foundation before we market and then grow with them. Nice. But where did the courage come from to walk away from a job like that? Beverly Hills, the view out the window, that's gotta be scary to say, I'm going to go out and on my own. Where did that courage come from? Did you, I mean, were you you brought up in an entrepreneurial type family where you knew what this was like or books, movies, where did it come from? Yep. Uh, so I was not brought up in an entrepreneurial family. That is not my upbringing. Um, but my own desire to fulfill the dream that I had in my head. And, and I'm not there yet. I'm on the way, mm-hmm. but I'm not there yet. I hope that's the case for everyone. Sure. That they have that dream and that they're working their way there, but but they're not there yet. And so my courage came from really between my own ears. And I mustered up the idea that if I don't make a change, where will I be in a year? Where will I be in five years? Right. And so I don't want to say it scared me, but it it definitely motivated me to, hey, a change needs to be made. And so it was kind of like, you know, Rudolph's red nose just blinking every single day uh, for for begging for a change to be made. Well, and I had somebody else on the podcast that said that really the courage comes from having that clear vision of what you want and knowing that this is what I have to do. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But it's what I have to do if I'm going to achieve that vision. It took me courage to step into that role, right? We need courage at every time we level up. And so it took me courage to take that role. It took me courage to to not have that role. And so I think you're absolutely right. And you mentioned earlier about difficult conversations. That's one of the types of courage 
right? Social courage, saying what needs to be said, even if it's unpopular. Um, mm -hmm. You were talking earlier about a client that you're helping get to that point where they could have those difficult conversations. How is that going? I find it to be very easy to have those conversations because of how I lead my own thoughts and feelings through those situations. Um, but you, you learn. I've learned that there are some clients that are open to that type of conversation, and then there's some clients that are not. And so part of my job would be about being a consultant or a solution finder is that if that's not something that they want to hear, then that's not really my place to say. Now, if they're paying me for coaching and we have a coaching relationship, then they've already said, yes, I'm open to that type of relationship. But on the agency side of things, sometimes they're not open to that. And that's when we have to, you know, not let the stinky fish uh, contaminate the roast, 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 rest of the boat. Um, exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Luna, this has been great. I, I've had a good time talking about all this stuff and I would love to have you back on the on the program as you grow. I mean, you're bi-coastal now. You spend some time in Los Angeles, some time down in Florida. would love to get back when you, uh, I don't know, take over another part of the world somewhere. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Um, if I'll people want to get in touch with you, yeah, exactly. If people want to get in touch with you and learn uh, about the services you offer and everything like that, how can they do that? What's your website? Our website is gogeekhouse.com and you spell that go, G-O, geek, G-E-E-K, and then house, we spell H-A-U-S. So a little bit of a different spelling. So gogeekhouse.com. And that is our agency website. And then if you'd like to connect with me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn under Leonard Shiner. Perfect. All right. I will make sure I have those links in the show notes so everybody knows how to get in touch with you. And again, thanks so much for uh, taking time out to talk with us. It's been fun. Thank you, Coach Harlan. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Listeners, hope you guys are taking notes. A lot of good information here. Uh, communication. If you're a leader, you need to be able to communicate, have those difficult conversations. Um, yeah. Definitely step up. And if you find yourself in need, if you're a law firm and you're looking to uh, increase your clientele, client base, uh, you want some help with that, definitely check out Leonard Shiner and Geek House. And again, share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Make sure you subscribe so you know when episodes drop. And stick around because there's always more coming. And that's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now. <laughs>